0: Welcome to Housewives Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. I hope your Christmas was stunning. I know Christmas is a different vibe this year, and restrictions and rules and all that change and chop and change, and it can feel a bit different. And you know, you try to keep safe, but maybe you want a bit of normality. Whatever you've ended up with or ended up doing, I hope you're doing well. I hope you've managed to find a way through it. I, for one, am just glad of an excuse to eat turkey and ham, <laughs> slathered in gravy and roast potatoes. I'm I'm all about a Christmas dinner. But anyway, it is now time to talk about Housewives as usual. My guest today is the amazing Jen Gannon. I've been such a fan of Jen's writing for ages uh, particularly on reality tv actually last year she's written some amazing stuff on shows from the uk the us and even irish shows as well she's a, one of my favorite pop culture writers in general and i just think she's an absolute buzzer so to have her on the show today to chat is such a pleasure so without further ado here is this week's guest it's jennifer gannon on housewives and me <laughs> My guest today is an Irish writer and pop culture fan who has written for everybody from the Irish Times, the Sunday Business Post, and the Irish Independent. She has popped up on radio shows on RT Radio 1, 2FM, and Today FM as well, offering insights in everything from TV to books and her love of pop music, including the one and only Kylie Minogue. And in recent times, alongside writing a reality TV com that I was obsessed with and has uh, frankly gone too soon, she is finally. Much to my delight, become obsessed with The Real Housewives. Jen Gannon, welcome to Housewives and Me.
1: Hello, I'm so excited. I'm actually really nervous because I've listened to every single show and I just love it. And I'm just obsessed with like the real kind of intense Housewives aficionados. Like I was dying for you to talk to Laura DiBara because I just think Laura DiBara and Louise McShary and you are like this triumvirate, of like housewives knowledge. And I'm always like, oh God, what are they gonna say? Like, and it's so in depth and it's just fascinating. So I'm sorry if I am like the jewels of the group now I'm going to be like the one season wonder get her out she's rubbish
0: (laughs) well thank you for your compliment first of all and I'm sure you'll be amazing and a lot of people think Jules Weinstein is very underrated so you know what maybe it's not the worst time to be (laughs) modeling yourself up um I know I mentioned there you did have a column for a while in the Irish Times obviously you write for loads of places but you had this column for a while where you talked about reality tv and you wrote about all the big particularly the uk reality shows because they're mm. on telly so you're writing all that stuff so you watch reality tv in general how did you finally get into real housewives
1: okay so um i got into real housewives in a way arse ways because why well, i used to watch e all the time um because of kardashians obviously like everybody did and uh, they had bethany get married for some reason they had it so I used to watch that and you see her like, you know, peeing in the bucket before she's going into actually, you know, the ceremony itself while she's pregnant. And I watched that show and I really loved her. I really thought, God, she's terrifying. Like she is a terrifying woman, uh, but I really enjoyed it. Um, but then that went off E and I just never, it was never in my like cycle then because it was like, you're so busy with so many other shows in your head that like, I was watching Drag Race I was watching Made in Chelsea like I've watched Made in Chelsea from the very beginning and that's like a really hard thing for me to admit because <laughs> it is atrocious but I love it so I mean I had so many other things going on but then there's like you were one of the people that used to always be like to me when I was writing the column you have to watch Housewives like how have you not how have you missed out on this like cultural like hot spot you're crazy not watching it and I knew that Bethany was in New York and I was like how am I going to get to watch this show like where can I get it because you just at that time like you really just couldn't find it anywhere and then I remember my sister moved to London but like she was like to me oh my god Housewives is amazing she was getting it on ITV2 I think they were showing it on and she was like you know you'd really like it like in the background in the ethers and my friend Tony as well he's obsessed with Housewives and he would talk about it all the time on Twitter so finally everything converged and there was a time where I was going through a bad time in my life and it's so funny like loads of people seem to come to Housewives at that time and I was like on heavy antidepressants and I remember I was watching a lot of Mad Men and Mad Men is so heavy that I needed to balance out like Don Draper's very judgmental face looking at me going why are you lying in bed all day in between Mad Men I was like "No, I'm going to start this housewife thing and I started with New York and then I just never stopped like i just think is just perfect introduction to the madness of it as a franchise
0: wow there's a lot there (laughs) there's too much (laughs) (laughs) no what's interesting is a as you mentioned you came to it in a tough personal time and and that has come up genuinely in so many of these interviews that i've done so far and also I've just like even I listened to the American podcast Bitch Session Casey Wilson is one of the hosts And she says She's always said I started watching this After my mother died And it was the only thing That kind of distracted me Like And I think this year In a year where we need So much escape Not to be like This year more than ever Brands You know like those <laughs> awful ads We keep getting everywhere But like there is something The power of escapism I'm also just so taken With the idea that Mad Men is like the prestige TV drama, right? It's the one show that you have to watch, and it's the one show that everyone is told, you know, it's so important and it's won all the awards. But you watched two of the greatest TV shows of all time, Mad Men and Real Houses in New York. Back to back. <laughs>
1: That's it. I was flipping between the two of them and I was like, this is exactly what I need. This is exactly what I need. Like it's just and that is true. It is pure escapism, but also it's just so fascinating to me because like I'm a big Jackie Collins fan I'm a big Joan Collins fan I'm a big you know Great Gardens Valley of the Dolls and I think all of those things are working in the background of like New York and Beverly Hills especially they have this vibe to them that's very old school you know as you were saying before like New York is like a screwball comedy it's like those kind of 1940s like comedies that you'd have like with um, like uh, like bringing up baby or something like that, and then Beverly Hills is more like real Jackie Collins kind of tone to it. It's very about social climbing, and the interiors are all really like weirdly over the top, like something you see on the set of a film. And I think it reminds me of Showgirls as well. A lot of Beverly Hills, there's so much in it that um, I just love all of that. That real kind of there's something to get because I think people just like I used to, when I was writing the column, a lot of people just think of reality TV as disposable trash. Like there's nothing to it. And it's just like eye wallpaper, like mind wallpaper, but it's not. I think there's a lot going on in those stories that have a kind of harkening back to something that people really revile, like proper, like old school cinema or, you know, pop culture that people think has a place in like, Art. and i think definitely something like housewives really definitely does and that's what i enjoy about it so much like and that's why you watch it over and over again it's so easy to watch but then the more you watch it the more you see these different things in it uh, every time which i just love
0: that's such a good point i think you've hit the nail on the head in that it is both it's it is sort of like wallpaper for the brain the first when you watch an episode for the first time but also if you want to you can start going oh but as you say that house has given me this and well clearly as you watch more of it like oh the dynamic between x and y is very interesting i wonder why that is and how would i like it has a layer to it so i'm just curious you've mentioned new york and beverly hills are the two main ones that you've watched so did you do that thing where you kind of binged a load of it and then ended up watching one season weekly and how does that experience compare like do you start No, i feel like maybe because you've mentioned all those details that you picked up on do you get that more in a binge watch or do you get that more from one episode a week and you kind of think about that episode more because it's the only one you got that week
1: yeah I think like I binged New York straight through like I was even on holidays like it was my first holidays my first week off I had a week off or 10 days off and in like about I don't know five years maybe more and I was still in the morning time lying in bed with like the hey you app like on my phone like watching like New York on. I'll just get out of bed in a minute after I watch two other episodes like uh because it, it's just that gripping like and I think yeah so I binged New York and then the New York episodes started coming up weekly then the latest series so that was great to kind of count down but in between that time um of finishing New York on a binge and then New York starting I'd re-watch episodes of New York like I'd re-watch my favorite episodes um oh also I have to say just in getting to watch housewives i have to do hat tip to cara brown from uh, she used to be on keep it the journalist and she basically used to write a column in jezebel about like a recap in housewives and i hadn't seen it but from her talking about scary island as an event as a cultural event i was like that cemented it for me with apart from everybody else saying bloody hell jen just watch housewives i was like okay i'm definitely gonna watch it like it's that important to Kara, It needs to be seen. So I'd rewatch stuff like Scary Islands and those kind of episodes again. And then I did Beverly Hills as a binge and then went back. And then, the, you know, Beverly Hills started as like weekly, episodically. So yeah, I just, that's the way I did it. Like, And then I think the more you go back to the episodes that you want to see again, the more you'll see in them. Like.
0: And what people or things have stood out to you having binged, it, particularly because you, you can see it in context of the 80s or like old movies, like, What characters are things sent out to you? uh,
1: Lisa Vanderpump wears jeans in such a specific way. Like, her way of wearing, like, teaming a white shirt with a pair of jeans is the most Liz Hurley stroke Catherine Zeta-Jones wearing of jeans that I have seen. Like, I just love that. I love her house. I love the stupid swans. I love, like, the... I just like the silver accents of it like it's so odd and I, I know Laura Debarre said it looks like she got a job a lot of stuff from like working in a restaurant so because it looks like a kitchen in a restaurant and it really does and I love how it is really like um, those kind of Jackie Collins novels like the, the way that it's laid out and the way that she is even presented as a character she's almost like I am the villain of the piece like at, at some stage when she's when it's like gets more intense and in Beverly Hills you're like this is script like it, it you couldn't script it so well the way she maneuvers people around and that cleverness and I love her as a person I think she's fascinating as in she was like in Roxy music videos and stuff and she just has this pedigree where I just think she's wasted in the UK she would have been just like a big fish in a small pond and I'm so glad that She just has this L.A. fabulous life. And I can imagine her mixing with those kind of people. You know, I just find her fascinating. But then there's like, there's so many, like, I just love the way this Luan has absolutely no, like, self-awareness. That's just beautiful for me. Like, she is just like this oversized character that I love the way she, she is the kind of person that would just speak about herself in the third person all the time which I, I'd say she does. And I find that glorious. And somebody that I adore and I'm fascinated with is Dale, uh, Tinsley's mom. Dale. Uh, Dale. Give her a spin-off show. Please give her a spin-off show. She is like a mom in a Virginia Andrews novel. Like, I'm t- kind of scared of her. I feel like she could be like, you know, I'm going to sitting in a bath of bleach tinsley because you, you swore yesterday. Like I feel like she has the, like she could flip like that. There's a darkness to Dale. And but also I want to hear about her stories. I'm sure she has like some stories about like me and Elvis or something. You just know she's had a life. Like, and I love that it brings these women to the screen because it's not about like with Kardashians, because I write a lot about Kardashians because I love Kardashians, but with Kardashians, it's a whole different spin on things where it's like about youth and youth obsessed and um that kind of end of things whereas housewives feels like it's it's bringing all women of all these different ages together and talking about their lives and i just love that about it because each one is like a fascinating character in their own right um and you don't normally you don't really get to see that a lot which is weird
0: that's interesting because i actually wanted to ask you about that because you've kind of in my mind watched basically all the big british reality shows and you've watched Kardashian, so It's interesting to hear you contrast Housewives and Kardashians, but I'm curious, Sam, with the UK shows Made in Chelsea, Big Brother, even Towie, like how do they, I actually feel like, I'd love to know how they compare because in my head, when I see some of those shows or even American shows like Love and Hip Hop, there's so much more staged. Like obviously Housewives, certain things are sort of planned, like they're all going to go on a trip, etc. But I do feel like the way it's shot and the way it unfolds is actually much more real than some of the other reality shows that we have out there.
1: Definitely. And I think, a lot of the reality shows, the UK ones, are lighter. They tend to not, they, they don't, except for something like Big Brother, which is just intense. I mean, the, the more kind of docu-reality ones, like TOWIE or like Made in Chelsea, they, they don't tend to hone in on the minutiae of people's lives, like, or, you know, the way things happen, like, let's say, like the darkness of that whole Taylor storyline in Beverly Hills, I don't think you know, or even in Potomac, you know, I just don't think you would let somebody into your life like that, like on those British reality shows, I think they go so far and no more. And maybe that's the Jade Goody effect. Maybe it's because, you know, too much happened too soon and you can see the tragedy of, of that. Maybe a lot of British shows pull back and a lot of British shows, it's not, they want to present as a character, a caricature more than the, the realness of it. And like, look, Made in Chelsea is around, every week for me by the guy the continuity guy saying you know some scenes are created for your enjoyment and i'm like blah 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 i don't want to know it's, it's scripted reality and, and people understand that and they're not the a joke uh but i think with housewives it blurs that and i think we've had a real problem this year because of denise uh in beverly hills and i love this about Denise, and i know louise mcshary was saying on like the episodes that she said she really didn't like the fact that the way Denise played the game or did not play the game. I loved it because I think she was tearing down the scaffolding of the show and exposing stuff that, you know, Bravo did not want her to do. And I loved that about it. I just thought she was such a complete rebel and really kind of putting it up to the producers and putting it up to the audience audience going you do realize we're all being manipulated Um, and I really enjoyed that I love that kind of behind the scenes properly breaking the fourth wall because you see a lot more of the manipulation in the last season with the producers kind of pushing people even pushing Garcelle you see the producer getting into the car with Garcelle going aren't you annoyed that you know Denise left you outside and didn't explain that she wasn't going to come to the party Dorit's party and that kind of stuff really interests me because you're seeing the machine at work and for me, watching reality TV, because I've watched so much of it on work, I find it interesting when stuff like this happens. It's almost like a mistake. And, and they, they don't want that to ever happen again. And it won't. And I love that.
0: Yeah, it's that's an interesting way of looking at it. I, the Denise stuff for me, I mean, Louise talking about how frustrating it was, I kind of agreed with her, but I see what you mean in a way from a from an like overview sense of of how yeah. these shows work. The scaffolding thing is interesting because it, it calls into question all of the dynamics that we see and all the supposed arguments and fights because particularly that scene on Beverly Hills this year where Rinna and Denise are sat down in the corner of the hotel and it was clearly filmed on someone's phone. It, was, or like, it looked like it was filmed kind of, not surreptitiously, they knew they were being filmed, but it looked like it was filmed on the hop that they didn't expect it to happen. And you could see Denise effectively saying to Lisa Rina I don't know why you're like this when we're making a TV show. And Lisa Rinna, mm. in a rare real moment, I think kind of going, I don't know why I do this. I kind of feel like it's my job to do this. Which is a level of self-awareness. They actually back away from them. But it's so weird that, little... Beverly Hills has had a weird year because at times they've really laid it bare. Like, here's the producer talking to blah. Like, this is mm. all a farce. It's just, it's kind of mind boggling when you think about it.
1: I love it because it's like a, a show in a show in a show. And I love... That about reality tv and the way they construct it and the way they push people and you know force people into situations and i just love the fact that denise came in and was like no i'm just not going to do this anymore and also in my life when have like i think we all in our lives want to go bravo 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 at some stage i'm just gonna stop this and i'm going to get out of here this situation i want to do that when i'm back in a bar god please, God, and something shitty happens. I just want to show bravo, 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 and then just leave the situation. Like, But also it happened in New York this year because if you look at Dorinda leaving, like, I don't think Dorinda wanted to go out like that, you know, and I think it's such a shame because uh, I just think she was an amazing character in New York, but the fact that she made it about the show, the way that she said kind of, why are you bringing, like, Tinsy? into this, like, as in she left the show, like, and it was very self-reflexive. It was very about her job more, you know what I mean? About the show as a whole, rather than being annoyed. She was annoyed with Tinsley for leaving the show. So yet again, it was kind of reflecting the artifice of it, which I thought was really interesting for her to leave like that. I, I was sad, I was sad. It's
0: funny that you brought up the job aspect and we're on the show because I do think in a weird way, Dorinda and Lisa Rinna, have this in common where I often think, and actually, this is a thing on these on New York, everybody else in particular. I think when they get annoyed about stuff, it is much more to do with who is playing ball with the job they've been asked to do, much more than any of mm. the petty stuff. Like the ongoing thing about Sonia not getting invited to Dorinda's Berkshire House a few seasons ago was nothing to do with not being invited, it was because she was on a day rate, and if she didn't get to go on that trip, she lost three or four days worth of work and that's actually what it was about when Lisa Rinna gets annoyed with Denise it's not really about the lie it's about the fact that Rinna sees herself as going on the show and spilling her entire life and when someone holds back and maybe gets paid more gets more deference from producers she hates it that's why she never got on with Lisa Vanderbilt really it was not about I'm jealous of your house it's we're all on Mm -hmm. the same show put up or shut up
1: exactly and that's the thing that's the levels of it that you get into which I find like it's so interesting to me that you have to separate those things of what is going on in the show what is the storyline like an inverted commas the a b storyline of the show and what is actually happening behind the scenes which i think is gas do you think that they got this is just something that's been on my mind heather thompson back partly because she has a place in the berkshires and they don't want to get rid of the berserkers they have to have it every year like
0: I know Evan Roth's Cats was on Come Through Queen, which is a Housewives podcast that I love. And he was saying how the rumors are basically Heather's kind of a friend of and not much more. And so I think it could be just to keep things. To spice things up a bit, and maybe like I don't think that I don't know if they did go to the Berkshires with her, but I would I would understand if they did use her for that. I'm of the school of Dorinda have a break, maybe come back in a year or two. But in the meantime, I'll really miss the Berkshires. Like I almost I'm like, can they rent it from you for a weekend, like an Airbnb? Like can we still have the house? Because it's Please. just like it's like in a way it's kind of like New York's version of Central Park or the Peach Pit. It's just like you. It's sort of like the even though New York doesn't really have key sets, the Berkshires is like a key set that I. Like even like Sister Sister got put on Netflix recently and I saw somebody talking about, they were tweeting about the house in it. And I was like, I actually haven't watched this on Netflix yet, but I watched it so much as a kid that the set, I can see it so vividly. And when I think of New York, the first quote unquote set that I think of is the Berkshires. Like it is an iconic location, the fish room alone. Come on.
1: (laughs) That fish. And there's like a clip I remember of like Luan hanging a candy cane off the fish at one point, and I was like, "Yes, nothing says Christmas more to me than you know the candy cane hanging off the big fish in Blue Star Manor." I just like that place is haunted. Like she really needs now that she's got the remodel done, she has to sage the fuck out of that place because my God, there, there's so much badness in it that I just adore. When I think of the Berkshires, I always think of like one of my favorite housewives. Things ever, it's, it's not even a trope and I feel, well it kind of is, it's like when they're all boozing like crazy and they're arguing and people are killing each other, when the time comes up and it's always like quarter past eight and you're like what the fuck, how is this happening and it's only like a quarter past eight or like quarter to four, like the whole thing where uh, Bethany comes in hot, hot to attack Luan. That whole thing where she's like you're a slag you sleep with everybody like that started at a quarter to four in the day and i'm like who has the energy i'm wrecked like it's so intense i love yeah,
0: it yeah i loved this season's berkshire's trip the one night they all got absolutely wasted and the top like the one part where they all sat down to have this slap-up meal to sober up and it was something like nine o'clock in the evening i was like guys this is like 3 a.m. in McDonald's behavior, like I just and I was bad. I was seeing I really did see a lot of myself in that. I have to say it's, it's mortifying. You did mention though that's kind of a trope of sorts on the shows. Are there other housewives tropes that you love or loathe? Are always noticed? Like I hate the the fake apologies rot me personally.
1: Oh, Ramona the Apologist. Um, this is a New York specific trope, and it's having the shits. They have the shits so much on that show, Mexico, <laughs> Colombia, like Dorinda, Ramona, Bethany, Luan, Sonia, Sonia wearing nappies. They have the shit so much in that show and they talk about it all the time. And like when Ramona did the, the shit on the floor in, when, was it, I think it was Ramona, in Colombia and then even recently, in the last season, where they come into Dorinda's room, and Dorinda's like, the stink in here, and then Sonia goes, oh, that's what our room smells like all the time, with me and Ramona, it's like, these women, <laughs> I just love it, I absolutely think it's it, it kills me, I cry laughing at it, every season, I'm like, who's gonna do something terrible to that bathroom, like, I mean, you don't see women talking about stuff like that on TV, you just don't, you think it's like, gross it's like jackass behavior but it, it's, it's something that happens and like we need to talk about incontinence and i like the way it's touched on in kardashians they're always giving out about like chris's incontinence but th- it's taken to another level in housewives where there is just every season it happens and i love that but other ones that i love is step and repeat the step and repeat like i learned what a step and repeat was because of housewives i'm like oh yeah I'm, i feel like an industry insider now i know what that is and like they're stupid events like their events are just denim and diamonds all those shit events like one of my favorite events ever and i talk about it all the time and i text i text my sister random things from housewives all the time if it comes to my head i'll just text her at two o'clock in the morning i'll say lisa rinna's big bag of pills like or something like that we'll just text each other stupid things my all-time favorite thing is um and i have to read it to get it right the 9 11 heritage foundation ice skating event that was Jill Zarens. <laughs> what is this? I forgot. <laughs> you. The 9-11 Heritage Foundation ice skating event. Kill me now. It's perfect. Like everything about that is perfect. I've I know
0: just- you I know you don't watch um, Atlanta, but there was an Atlanta event a few seasons ago where Nierney had her girls and gays and something like and love and laughs something something party it was literally like and every time they would open on that scene they would flash up nini's girls and gays at an event i was like this oh is like God. that fiona apple album title that was or was it alanis Morris fiona Apple had the album title that was like 50 words long did she or yeah. alanis or somebody i was like very 90s alt rock of you nini <laughs> it is
1: ridiculous though, i love how like excited not excited because they're, they're not really but like how like even like bethany with her stupid skinny girl sponsored everything like i just all of that kind of stuff just makes me laugh so much because it's so awful like and the events are usually the places where the craziness ensues which i love like that somebody is invited to something and they're like oh god this person like and i just love them they're that's my one of my favorite tropes are just stupid events
0: and also as well then it's all there's always a moment of I can't believe you do that at my event and it's like your event which is largely set up to film tv show scenes in like you'll live like <laughs> like and you my can see event... like
1: people in the background just going well, how long do I have to stay here like
0: oh the people in the background particularly when they go on the trips particularly if the trips are outside of the US like watching punters in like European restaurants or tourist spots just stare and be like they should be like who are these people like and like they're just so it's just one of my particularly when something really like like when they're having a proper fight in new york outside of dinner and they're all drunk and they they pull out in a wide shot and you just see a bewildered tourist in the background going what the can you imagine just you didn't know about reality tv and you were like yeah we'll go get chicken and chips in the outdoor restaurant and then two (laughs) tables over that's a bunch of like 50 something women drunk with four cameras around them throwing drinks at each other you'd be like
1: um uh, I don't know about this. (laughs) I wonder do they pay, do like the production staff comp meals sometimes for other people because especially if like they'd have to sign a consent form if they wanted to be filmed because I remember going to Australia and getting off a flight like getting off a flight i was going coming from japan and going to australia and like i was in bits like in bits as you are when you're off coming off a flight and like this guy threw like a consent form in my hand and he's like they're filming like one of those like shows where you know the the shows what are they called where like somebody's trying to import stuff
0: oh like Like, like, airline
1: you know, those kind of, like, shows. Border like Control
0: like, or one of those.
1: Yeah. And he was like, can you, you know, sign this because they're going to film you while you're going through? And I was like, no way. but like, pixelate the shit out of this. Like, it's not happening. So <laughs> You were like, I'm, blur me out, hon. <laughs> yeah, please, for the love of God. But, like, I wonder about those people sitting around. Like, do they get, what do they get? Like, say, like, the guy, I remember at the, the gangster brunch and the guy that was saying that Carol, of all people, looked like um, Ivanka Trump uh, or Melania. I wonder, did he get any money? Did he get a free drink? What did he get like? And like, it's so funny to think about these people that are just around in Housewives, like that guy this season uh, on New York, where the dinner where Leah threw the ravioli at Ramona, There's a guy in the background that has become a meme himself where he's holding like a martini glass and just looking disgusted. Like he's now, we all know what he looks like. He's like a minor, minor celeb now. So it's so weird thinking about those people.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's a mix of things. Like I know some people have told me that particularly for the LA based reality shows in general, they will usually take an outdoor space in a restaurant or they'll take like an area of the restaurant and say, we're filming here. We'll take three or four tables behind us and we'll plant like other people from production there. Like I know when you, if, did you watch the secrets revealed for Beverly Hills this year?
1: Mm, yeah. You could was, see in that just... when
0: they, yeah, when they showed that scene of Denise finally saying bravo, bravo, effing bravo at the dinner, when they pulled out and showed them kind of halting filming, you could see the people from the, on the other tables were only reacting then, which makes you think that they were not, pl- like they were basically, there as background extras so i think it depends on where they are i think when they're abroad or in bigger locations they just do that thing i've seen it happen like even in the george when they would be something maybe filming like x-factor auditions and they just have signs of saying we're filming crowd stuff so you might be in the background so but yeah like even potomac this year they're in portugal for their cast trip and they were having this big like moment at at dinner with like key cast members having a big like confrontation and they were just this old couple behind one of them and every time they cut to one of the women talking I was just like you could see that it was a, a man and a woman and the man was facing towards the camera and I could see him literally going what is going on what are they doing like it was just it added this layer of hilarity particularly because he wouldn't have a clue why they were arguing because it was such an old long standing beef it wasn't even like you spelled a drink on me it was just like blah. blah. I was like yeah. this is it's, it always makes me laugh it's, it's actually one of my favourite random things to always spot I would love to be in the background and be like that guy in New York where you're just like oh Lover. Sip 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 I'd love to become a meme I want to become I want to have at least one good bravo TV gif of me before I die.
1: Make this happen for Connor make it happen you have the power now somebody has to make this happen.
0: When I was in the audience for Watch What Happens Live last year my friend Dan we were like we thanked because when T Kyle still worked on Watch What Happens Live and he very kindly got us like the plum seats in the audience and he and he going like we got to meet him brief, like literally for 30 seconds after and he was like you two were having great fun tonight because they give you so much booze on that show by the way they literally oh were like God. free bar who wants to drink i was like
1: i do i'm on my holidays
0: <laughs> and i was in that front row and i, I feel bad because it was Megan mccain and kelly dodd who now i wouldn't i certainly wouldn't clap for kelly dodd now but i was like you know what you're in new york it was kind of on my last night As like i was like yes uh huh. Well, I was the horrible cliche of an American TV audience member. I was like, "I'm going in. I'm in Andy Cohen's eye line. I got to give, give, put on a show.
1: Give it all. Give it your all." <laughs> so I'm you ready. That it. was my audition. Yeah, that was your shot, man. <laughs> and he remembered you. So I mean, good enough. Good
0: enough. Andy Cohen be like, "I remember you, the queen in the front. He was giving it lows on a vodka and orange. Come here.
1: <laughs> we need you in the
0: background extra. I
1: need to have a conversation with you." <laughs>
0: Um, I'm so curious. Then you, you have you've kind of got this amazing perspective on New York and Beverly Hills, where it's like you can see the kind of the pop culture legacy of both of them and where they sit alongside other things. Is there anybody you would love to see on either Beverly Hills in New York that you think that would just tickle you, or you think would fit in really well?
1: Oh, I know everybody was talking like on another show that you had about Heather Locklear, and it's it's unfortunate that she isn't in a great place because i think she's got such a good pedigree to be on a show like that but i was saying before um uh, i would have loved to have seen if she had been in the whole of her health i would love to have seen shannon darty thrown into beverly hills because she that bitch would mix it up I And mean, we know how feisty she is and how much she like is always going to be herself and she has previously had all this stuff about being an outspoken Republican and stuff so there would be a lot in that. Was category. she? I didn't know that. Yeah, she has said before that she is a Republican. Now I don't know how she feels right now. I know this was a pre-Trump time so I don't know what her, if she's changed or whatever but I know she has said in the press before she was a Republican so I'd love to see somebody like that in the mix but it is just unfortunate that Heather Locklear because I I think she'd add so much to it but I mean I'm really I don't want Kathy Hilton on it particularly I don't really want her even as a friend of I just think that enters a different world you need somebody that's almost familiar but not overly familiar and I think like with Kathy like it's too much there I just think there's too much there even if you know you might see Paris for a minute or two I I just think nah leave it like with New York I don't know because there's so many fascinating people in New York because like I loved the fact that Carol, Carol, God, bloody hell, um, I love Lee Radziwill. Like, I've always been obsessed with her. Like, that's my mom is a big Kennedys person. Like, my mom would have like this big, huge silver coffee table book about John F. Kennedy, and nobody was allowed to touch it. Like, um, so I loved Lee Radziwill, and I love that connection with those people. Like, with that Kennedys, even if it's a nebulous, you know, not a hundred percent connection, but I love the fact that New York has that heritage, that has that like you know you could pull someone up and it could be somebody like who's deep into like theater world or whatever like and has this past and i love that about new york um, you could have anybody for New York.
0: now i'm going to say this and i don't know how you're going to feel about it you're a massive kylie minogue fan mm-hmm. what if let's just say let's just go mad here what if kylie said oh i'm gonna go to beverly hills wow.
1: <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> kylie on a
0: real housewife show <laughs>
1: never do it because she is so old school about privacy and control of her image that I just think she would rather die than, like anybody like any journalist that's ever interviewed Kylie which I am not among one of thankfully because I would actually just have a snap cry and I'd be like Rylan like getting into like the lives <laughs> like, I just but I know from other people that have interviewed her that she literally doesn't give up she gives in you know give us nothing, and she just kind of says the same things a lot of the time in different ways in interviews, and it's that RuPaul thing of kind of self-preservation that you have to kind of, the illusion, not to destroy the illusion, so I don't think she would do it at all, which is fine by me, I'm happy enough with that, you keep to yourself love, don't do it. But I'd love to see like a drag queen kind of, like I'd love two worlds to combine because I always think there's like accents of, Drag Race in in Real Housewives. Like I think like Giselle in like Potomac, she reminds me of Monique Hart. Um, oh, <laughs> I just yeah. think oh, they're yeah. really alike and I'd love to see them do something together. I don't know. But like, even with like, I think the, be- the, the most interesting people do the best talking heads. And I think like Bethany's talking heads, her segments like are just unbelievable. They're as good as like Alaska or as good as like Katya. Like, and I think there's something there between, maybe it's just because I watch Drag Race so much as well, but I think the two worlds could combine. I'd love to see, like, a draggy kind of Beverly Hills. Definitely.
0: The real drag wives of Beverly Hills. It could be, like, <laughs> like Real Housewives and their drag queen buddies, and they both are treated, they're on equal footing storyline-wise. That would be such a hoot. I love how I said, Kylie on you? were like, no.
1: <laughs> Don't do it! <laughs>
0: Are there any pop queens you would love to see do reality TV that you like you actually think, oh my god, that will be a gag?
1: I mean, I love I love like pop documentaries. Like I loved Gaga's documentary, like Five Foot Two. Um, I just thought it was so interesting because it was like that split between her being a pop star and her trying to be a normal person, and then he had the Joanne stuff in the background. And I think she's fascinating. And I think she'd do it weirdly. I I mean I think like Gaga, if she wasn't so massive would be brilliant like would be a fascinating subject like I think she she loves letting people into her life and like she's always like kind of acting anyway so you wouldn't get the best of her like you wouldn't that's the thing about like reality tv at its most condensed form you can't let it get the best of you you just can't like if you're too vulnerable you'll get taken out You know, you you can't, you have to build up an armor, build up a character. Like, you could even see with Tinsley, she was getting more and more vulnerable. I mean, she kind of was okay last season, but like, it takes, it takes a lot out of someone. You have to be really strong. You have to be someone who doesn't care, like Ramona. Who I don't even know how she goes, like, she goes through her daily life like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's such a good way of pointing it. Like, how do you, like, I actually have thought that watching Ramona. I'm like, how do you exist in the world? As a human yeah. being like how do you function
1: or like aviva history's greatest monster Aviva,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> she created a great character because i don't think anybody could behave like that in real life like she's just she was just so objectionable like <laughs> that can't be real like God, I, hope I hope it's not.
0: not yeah i fully hope not talked about some of our faves if you were having If you were having a housewives dinner party tomorrow and you can invite five people, they can be housewives, they can be friends of, we'd allow a husband or two, who would it be?
1: Now, Connor, I have thought about this deeply, and <laughs> you're not going to be happy because I'm doing a very, I'm, I'm doing a little spin off of it myself because you could say the same people all the time. And I know people would say the same people, like I'd say, like Bethany and Luan and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do strange people that only pop in and out of episodes that I'm obsessed with centric dinner. <laughs> okay. And it's a yeah, New York centric one. So, first okay. of all, I would have to have Dale because I'm just in love with Dale. I want to know everything about her. I just say she would be a hoot. She'd swear her head off. She'd, I just think she'd be amazing. Um, Roberta, Sonia's psychic. Um, oh my I God, love that woman.
0: Is that the one with the blonde bob and the glasses? Yes. And they're like, we'll yes. light like my abundance candles. We'll do some yoga. Oh my God. this. Every is time push. she
1: appears in an episode, I'm like instantly fascinated. I love the fact that like there was an episode where Sonia was like Son- the Sonia Morgan team. And it was like, you know, her someone who grooms her pets and like her psychic and I'm like I want to live that life you're so odd Sonia so Roberta definitely someone who this is a person that I'm literally obsessed with almost to the point where I've almost got a, a cameo done just for myself during lockdown because I love it so much Laurie Dorinda's real estate agent <laughs> yes Yes. Laurie, her own show. Who is this woman? She is magnificent. Like, I just love her cotton wool hair, her very distinctive look like she's got going on. And also, like, she caused so much trouble when she was in it just really briefly between like Dorinda and who was it that were like, you know, about renting the house? That was just such an odd I I just love her. She's a little troublemaker. And I'd say she just, like, she would just be a a fun-time broad, I think. Then I would have Harry Dubin, because I need to know what is the attraction. I need to know. Like, Sonia, Ramona, Luan, they've all been there. What is going on with this man? I need to sit down for dinner with this man and go, what's your chat like? Because you, 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 like, just really... You've gone through so many of these women, who I would think are pretty strong women. Like, what is because it's not looks, home. It's definitely not looks. And then I would have the ghost of Bobby Zarin because I I love Bobby. Jennifer! <laughs> I think Bobby is one of my favorites ever. Not the ghost God of God help R. I. P. Sorry, poor went out, but I just think that man is amazing. Everything about him, I wanted him to have his own show. Real, oh my god! I love the way he just got involved, but he got involved in a real like gangster way. He's like, you know, he's always sidling up to people and going, "Now hold on a second, Bethany, or, you know, wait a sec Luann," and I love that about him. He was loved one him. of the
0: few husbands who, when he was quote unquote involved in things, it felt less annoying. I think a because he was really he really cared about Jill, mm. and b he wasn't a dickhead about it. Whereas there have been other particularly on Beverly Hills, actually times when the husbands have weighed in and I've been like, I know PK and Darita are kind of more liked now, but I mean that season where PK was going after Erica and she tore him apart the reunion and that. he played the victim card. I was like, you are scum. The ghost of Bobby Zern, God help me, I did not expect you to say that, but I can,
1: I... I can see. He's my favorite <laughs> husband. He's my favorite husband, like out of them all. Like people oh, always are like, oh, Maurizio this, Maurizio that. And I love how stoned Maurizio is. Don't get me wrong, I think he's really funny. Bobby is the don. Like Bobby would look after you, no problem. He's just the dude. And I just would have loved to have spent time with him. It sounds so weird. Oh, all the love for Bobby, for sure. And he's the only person that could really get through to Bethany and, you know, Bethany is a hard wagon. So anybody that can meet her on a level and make her kind of feel bad or like have any kind of empathy that's an amazing thing like that he did what a man (laughs) i
0: just it's so funny i always have a rough idea of what i think people will say and wow you you definitely (laughs) just off the bat when you're like it's gonna be like kind of side characters like oh how interesting i did not expect a dead person (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> no I love it It's
0: just you know when people do a... that They go you can have a dinner party with anyone Living or dead You're like yeah make... I need that disclaimer yeah.
1: <laughs> Very much so Or Jiggy If like somebody couldn't make it Throw Jiggy in the sex monster That dog I'd say that dog fucking stinks I'm sorry there's no amount of doggy perfume That can like roll back that odour Sometimes I also just send my sister photos of Jiggy just going There's the sex monster it's Wednesday like I love that dog demented <laughs> demented I think that dog has stolen like Ken's soul or something it's like there must be some kind of horrific it's like a talisman thing they need to make like a, a kind of ring film about like Jiggy owning their souls he's, why have we got something going on
0: why have we gone down a supernatural route I'm actually so I'm happy sorry. this should have this should have come out at Halloween it's like on it <laughs> I might might have to sit this episode hold it until next year (laughs) another thing I'd love to ask everybody and God knows what you're going to say now when I ask this um, if you were on Housewives tomorrow and they said listen Gannon we need a tagline yours is probably something like I might raise the dead
1: (laughs) (laughs) but I'll never raise my hand no (laughs) I was thinking about this because there is a cafe I live in Ringsend I'm from Ringsend all my family are from Ringsend so we are like housewives of Ringsend,
0: <laughs> and there
1: is a cafe in Ringsend end that i pass every day and it says rings best kept secret and i have that on my twitter bio because i just think it's so so funny so i was like i want to do a play on that and the fact that i'm single and a tribute to bethany because bethany did one where she was like i may not be a housewife so this is mine it will be i may not be a housewife but I- I know I'll be getting my rings end one day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love how it's kind of a double on. <laughs> I just love how it's like, is she looking to get proposed to or get the ride? Who can say? <laughs> because I
1: love Sonia's one where she's like, I was a bottom. Like what a weird, like remember her weird timeline. of yes. About being a bottom. I was like, oh, Sonia now, come on. So they're all the elements I wanted to put into. It, all my, oh my God.
0: Oh my God, I don't know. I mean, it's why I brought you here, Jen, but I can't say I'm not not shocked all the same. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I know obviously Housewives is one of your favorite things to watch and you've kind of had, like many of us, enjoyed it as a break from the hell that was this year. But you are, you write a lot about telly, you talk a lot about telly for your work. What there are other shows, reality or otherwise, that you love this year. I'm sure some are big hitters that we've all heard about, but I'm sure there's some hidden gems as well.
1: Um, I really think, to be serious for a moment, oh my God, um, just because there's so much TV out there at the moment, and I think a lot of people just get lost, a lot of TV gets lost in the shuffle, but I will say one of the most interesting shows I've seen this year has been Luca Guadagnos' We Are Who We Are. So Luca Guadagnino was the director of Call Me By Your Name and he's written this show about kids who live on an army base, a US army base in Italy, but it's all about them exploring their sexuality. And it's about like what it means to be like, what it means to grow up in the world right now. And I think it's one of the only shows that speaks to issues about gender and gender fluidity. And it's so interesting and the kids that are in it are so natural. Like you'd be you, you convinced sometimes that they're not acting at all. And I just think it's just, it's beautiful. It looks gorgeous, it's really dreamy. But I think it says really big things about what it means to be growing up right now and those issues. And it does it really sensitively and it does it in a way that feels authentic and it doesn't feel like you're know he you not being preached to and it doesn't feel like he doesn't know what's going on. It's very in tune to the moment um, and I love it. And I just hope a lot of people watch it because I think um it might get lost in the shuffle of so much tv uh yeah that would be my absolute fave but on the flip side of that i love below deck <laughs> it's <laughs> absolutely terrific and i'm in love with chef ben who is the chef in seasons one to five i think and he's in seasons one to four in mediterranean um, and i would say if anybody's starting it off start with the first season of Mediterranean because it's wild it's like a to Uncovered it reminds me of all those kind of shows so it's really trashy good fun uh, Ben is awful he's like a public school boy but I don't know why I just love him he's, he's just so funny he's about the cleverest person on the whole boat so it's really good fun
0: yeah Below Deck has. it's funny I feel like this year Real Housewives has had a bit of a moment with Irish viewers who are finally watching it and I've also noticed a lot more people talking about Below Deck and starting it
1: I, I think it's cool to watch it as well because it mixes a lot of UK people and European people with Americans so it's not just you know it's not just an American boat like and also it makes me laugh because a lot of the Americans just cannot handle their drink that's a lot of that as well in it like young kids like just running around being absolutely bananas drunk Um yeah it's just it's a fun it's a fun watch and it gets really juicy from the off like it's just about like, that's why it's kind of like a Beat the Uncovered where they're all just shagging each other straight from the off and you're just like, bloody hell. It's like a, a f- traveling. And um, STDs on sea, uh, by the sea. That's basically what it is like.
0: It, oh my God, you just reminded me of that era where Sky 1, just everything was blah blah uncovered. The villa, mm. it was just like such a trashy era. Like, the villa was muck, like, as in...
1: Like, and I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: as, and I watched so much of it. Like, I think I was, I watched someone, I think I was a bit too young to watch all of it, but I was very aware of, like, how raunchy Sky One was at that time. And, like, I remember Prickly Heat. I just remember the ads for that with, like, Denise Van Outen and Julian Clary. And it was, like, this mad get. I used to see the ads and be like, what is this?
1: It was very, the 90s were a time. They really were, like, my God. What would they do in half? Like nobody knew. And I remember PJ from, who ended up on Big Brother was on The Villa. That's what I remember really in like about that time. Like just that you would have someone would be in one reality show, not do so well. And then they'd jump to, they'd audition for another one and their career would progress from then career. <laughs> Can I just say the only people that have made that work for themselves have been Rylan and Alison Hammond. So don't try it. Like, do you know what I mean? Really, they're the only really success stories Like
0: I do find this sort of reality TV career of people in the UK now so interesting, like the Geordie Shore and Love Island people, because it's just all very calculated and it does work and I can't knock that they have a hustle, but I don't have the same affection for the UK reality stars that I do for like Real Housewives. And maybe it's because, as we mentioned earlier, on Housewives they actually give up a lot more of their personal lives and their arc and their story, or is it that there's a little bit more, it's a bit less on the nose where sometimes with the uk people i'm just like okay so you're under the age 25 you wear too much fake tan and you've had a lot of work done and you are now selling me supplements on instagram like i just it's a hard journey to get excited about
1: that's their progression like and i feel that's sad because they're kind of stuck in a feedback loop where it's just like go from love island to shilling protein stuff and teas that make you poo and then appear on like some quiz show with Keith Lemon as the host and like that's your life and they're on the hamster wheel and you're kind of like maybe you should have just went and did a course like <laughs> do you know <laughs> what I mean like sometimes I feel that about them like maybe and, you like, your level years, five <laughs> yeah, and that's from years of writing about reality TV stars because I do feel sorry for them and I do think it is a great way to make easy money and I'm not opposed to it and I think yeah, fair play to you and you know, they're by the grace of God. We hate people so much for no reason now that I feel like those kids that are on like stuff like Love Island and TOWIE and they're really putting themselves out there and I feel like they deserve to be, you know, looked after a little bit more if anything. And that's what I I think they should be shielded a lot more. And I think maybe that's why the British press or the British like shows aren't as in depth as that because I think they're afraid if you look at something like Love Island where everything that's happened, it's not a good mental health wise, you have to be very robust. And I think maybe because Housewives are older and have been through more in their lives that they are more mentally robust. And I think with the English shows, you're kind of throwing your youth to the wolves and it doesn't work out well.
0: That's a good point about the media coverage. I just think there's a like Real Housewives does garner press and the fans would are very obsessive, but it is a slightly different tone or something. I don't know. It's also because I think the British tabloid press has a history of being harsher on celebrities and, I just even see it if I'm doing entertainment news or 2FM of or cover, looking, really looking at a stuff in depth for a day of work or something. Just that the American outlets actually air on the positive side a lot more. You'd be surprised, whereas the British ones, there is this rake and like, we're going to get mm. them. So yeah, it's, a, it's interesting. Reality stars, we could literally talk about that all day. And when it comes to Housewives and what you're going to watch next or dive into next, you've done Beverly Hills in New York. I know you kind of mentioned Potomac that you've kind of started that. So yeah. what... Are you going to go back and rewatch a season you've loved? Are you going to discover a new one? What's your plan?
1: I am on season three of Potomac. I'm loving it. I just think they're so lovely. Like not lovely, but they're so... Every single one of them is such a great character. I just think they're... I'm dying to like watch more of that. So I'm definitely going to binge the crap out of that. I'm interested in Salt Lake City. I've watched it like everything. I'm up to date with it. But I just feel a lot of the time I have problems with it. I'm just uncomfortable because it is religious. And uh, to me, it feels a bit more like a TLC show than a yeah, Bravo show. I've heard do you people know what I mean? say that, yeah. And But I love Brooks. Just get Brooks to do everything. He's so funny. But uh, I love Jen's intense contouring. That's a lot. Like that somebody needs to pull her aside. Uh, and I love the whole Smells Like Hospital fight with Mary. I think Mary is fascinating. So I'm definitely going to be on board with that. And I also think that Whitney could be the one. It's not like, say, watch. I really like her. I think she's interesting. And one to dad.
0: watch as in there's more to her or she's going to kind of lead the charge?
1: No, there's more to her. I think she'll be the one that people actually will eventually probably really like in the show. I think she'll have a lot of support and people will get behind her. I think there's she seems she comes across well and I think she might be a little bit of a maneuver as well. I'm I'm dying to see what happens with her though. She's mm. my fave for the moment. Yeah.
0: And do you find with Salt Lake City that like it's a little they're a little bit aware that they're on Housewives in a way that is a bit like very 2020. Like even Jen in particular, I just feel like she's taken mm-hmm. a pinch of so and so and a pinch of blah and she's really going for it
1: oh my god yeah she's like comes across sometimes as like a panto villain like a dame like um and she's real like I'm going to be the Vanderpump of this or you know what I mean or I'm going to be yeah it's very like and you can only this is the problem and that's the like cycle of these kind of shows because it's, it's like Big Brother you have the awareness of it and the aware of the audience and you're aware of the tropes that play out so you want to get yourself in there and have your character kind of Made up already, and that's the sadness of it because the more popular something is and the more the audience it gets, the less it will have of its original greatness. Although, in saying that, I adore Leah, I think Leah's just for New York. I just think she was amazing, she's my favorite. She is like my phone, uh, background. <laughs> so Show I me, is so she much. what picture? Yeah, it's the oh, they've got loads of messages, but it's her with her like shades on and, oh, she yeah. like first <laughs> and she actually got in touch like I sent, like I just put it up on my Instagram stories and she actually replied to it just going oh my god you're so nice thanks because it was like one of the like the first or the second week that it was on but like I just love her I think like everything about her I just think the way that she had Sonia's number straight away she's very clever like that she I she gets people and she really was a breath of fresh air so I think yeah, maybe if you're not so self-conscious and self-aware, you can bring something new to the show. So all is not lost.
0: And before we finish up, where can people find you and your writing and, and all that good stuff?
1: I am everywhere. And <laughs> I am on Twitter, Jen Pops. So it's J-E-N-N. Like, it's two N's because there were so many gens in my class in school. So that's why I added the N. It's not because I'm really pretentious. Um, and I'm on Instagram, Jen Gannon. Um, I'm also I'm writing in the Irish Times, I'm on Arena sometimes, RT, and on with Louise Bakshari sometimes, and I'm on Today FM as well, talking about TV. Always, always, mostly, always about TV. So.
0: I was just thinking Jen with two ends is a very housewives thing to do. Like it, you 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 like people will be like, and this season on the real House is a rings end new character, Jen with two ends.
1: and everyone's like, this pretentious bitch, I hate her. I'm not doing it. As a rule, I'm just gonna not refer to her as Jen with the two ends. only one end. So yeah. you're like, it's actually it's fine.
0: It's actually Jen. Jen like jen and you draw out the second end. like it's jinn gin.
1: <laughs> like jinness <laughs> like that thing in nixium um yeah so now i sound like i i'm really pretentious doing that but it was for a reason it had a logical reason when i was in school there was like seven jennifers in my class they were all like jennies or jenny with an eye with a heart instead of like a, like a dot <laughs> so, i'm sorry
0: oh my god well you're the first jennifer on this podcast so there you go <laughs>
1: woohoo <laughs>
0: Blazing a trail for Jennifer's everywhere. Um, Jennifer Gannon, it has been a joy to pick your brain on Real Housewives today.
1: Thank you. I've loved it.
0: That was Housewives and Me with Jennifer Gannon, this week's guest, and our last guest of 2020. Can you believe it? I mean, to say it's been a year <laughs> is an understatement. But I just want to say again, thank you to everybody who has supported the podcast at the tail end of 2020. It has definitely been a bright spot for me when so much was uh, up in the air personally and professionally to have this connect with people the way it has, has been such a pleasure. And I'm so excited to keep on having the Housewives chats with people all the way into next year. We'll be back next week in 2021, no less, with a brand new episode. Until then, thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you soon.